and welcome to the third episode of I'm Not Impressed. Sorry, I can't handle those sodas. Daniel just took a sip of seven up and like made the most sour face ever. I, I just, I cannot handle the, what is it, the concentration? Is that what it's called? Carbonation? Carbonation, not the concentration. The carbonation in sodas, it's just, it's awful, especially in 7-Up and Sprite. It's one then of the why worst. why did you open it? Because I'd rather have this than water. Oh. I'm very anti-water. I know, I know it's hard, and it's probably a dumb thing, <laughs> because humans shouldn't be anti-water. It's a taste to it, though. I just don't like the taste of water. I'd rather have something that's physically hard to choke down than water just because water just tastes bad just tastes really bad to me i don't know why this is a nice tangent we're on anyways what are we talking about where are we what is this place we are talking about how we have listeners in other countries right now oh yeah we do we have listeners in belgium belgium was our first international listener Let's go. If you're here from Belgium, we love we, you. We love you. We love you a lot. Not that we don't love the other people, but Yeah, we we <laughs> we love you all, right? Yeah. We except, also Except those coming from Montana. I'm kidding. We love you. We, we love, love you guys. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we, we also <laughs> have a listener as of today. We have listeners in Egypt, Honduras, Italy, and Germany. She and Morocco. Is that how you say that? I think so. I think that's how you say that. And then a lot of different places in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. So if, if you're hearing this, thank you so much. It's really cool seeing all you all here. And um, if, if you guys are really enjoying the show, you, you can let us know by dropping a review. Yes, please. Um, um, well. But if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it at all. Yeah, because we don't. We don't handle uh, <laughs> criticisms. No, criticism is fine. We don't handle hateful criticisms. That's right. <laughs> Leave your Keep criticisms. your negativity out of here, all right? You can give us criticisms, but don't be mean about it, y'all. I can't handle it. If you have any suggestions, you can give it to our email, which we have for this podcast. What is that email? It's I'm not impressed podcast at gmail.com. We are there you also go. No apostrophe. No apostrophe. I don't think you can. In I don't think you can, but we're just also don't try. going to get an Instagram set up, I believe. Yeah, sometime soon. Keep an eye out for that on your feed. Yeah, if you have any suggestions, we'd, we'd love to see them. We'd love to hear them other than getting stuff right off of Reddit. It would be nice to see personal experiences, stuff like that. Definitely. Any conspiracy theories or things you guys have thought up, short, short stories you have written. Any, like, true crime opinions you guys have, we'll cover them. Yeah, anything send them you guys in. find interesting, send them in. So what are we going to be talking about today? I am going to be talking about a disappearance. A disappearance? Yes. Of whom, may I ask? Of Stephen Coecker. Stephen Coecker. That's going to be what I go with for that pronunciation. Okay. Hopefully it's not wrong. I, re- I we would don't feel have any really Coeckers listening. I would feel really bad if it's wrong. That would be tough. Well. I wonder where that's from. 
Actually, don't don't look that up because we're gonna, going on tangents here. I'm going to continue. <laughs> yeah, well, let's continue. <laughs> Stephen was born on November 1st, 1979 mm-hmm. to a large family in Amarillo, Texas. He was born to... Wait, Amarillo? Is that is it, isn't, isn't that yellow in Spanish? There's just yeah. a town called Yellow out there. Yeah, Texas. It's kind of odd. Yellow, Texas. What was this about tangents? No, it's just like, that, that's such a weird name for a city. Why would you name a city a color? Why would you name a city a human name? Why would you name a town virgin? That's a good question. All good questions. <laughs> May I continue? Yeah, go ahead. He was born to... Rolf and Deanne Coecker. He has three brothers and one sister. He was a quiet child who enjoyed sports and music. He even wrote some of his own songs on the guitar. Dang. Uh, talented here. He was born and raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh. The older he got, the more devout he became. He was even a Boy Scout who was awarded his eagle. Eventually, I am kind of relating to this. Never got my eagle. I quit before then, like most Boy Scouts. So you're kind of relating. Kind of, kind of related. Okay. Well, eventually his family moved to Bountiful, Utah, right before his high school graduation. Can you relate to that? I, I don't know where that is. Is that northern Utah? It's in between Farmington and Salt Lake. Okay. That's where Steven moved right before he graduated high school. He was still able to graduate his high school in Texas through online courses in 1998. He first attended BYU-Idaho before graduating from the University of Utah in 2002 with a degree in communications. If you search up his LinkedIn page, you can still find it. Oh. In 2003, he was an intern in the governor's office for nine months aiding the press secretary with media projects and event coordinations. According to him, he learned invaluable PR skills and current issues of the government. There's a gap in his resume as he went to a mission, on a mission to Brazil. Here, he learned to speak Portuguese. Finally gets to use his communications major. Yeah. How useful is that? Well... What do you what do you even get into with communications? Well, after his mission, he went to work for the Davis County Clipper, which is a local which is a local newspaper. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So newspapery stuff. <laughs> newspapery stuff. His father was an executive editor here. Other articles said that he worked for the Salt Lake Tri- Tribune instead maybe he worked with both at different times that's what i'm thinking yeah according to his linkedin page it was davis county clipper but according to articles it was salt lake tribune maybe they got a a name change or something that's what i'm thinking i'm gonna go off what's on his linkedin page yeah while working for the county clipper he was a part of the advertising team and wrote freelance articles. He even okay. won the 2006 Utah Press, Press Association annual contest for the best feature article. Let's go. So Look at him. Employee of the century. What, what's his name again? David? 
Steven. Steven. Close. Yes. Only a few letters off. You said David was your guess? Mm-hmm. He worked for the Davis County Clipper. Mm-hmm. That's probably where you got that. Mm. So Stephen did enjoy his work at the Clipper, but he soon realized that the cold winters in the area were not for him. And the long hours working at the editing office was also not something he enjoyed. It's not something I would enjoy either. Except for the cold weather. The cold weather would be nice. Cold weather would be real nice. I hate the heat. Me too. Why do we live here? <laughs> I don't know, man. We hate heat. <laughs> I would have loved to work anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Daniel. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we're on the same thought as Steven. <laughs> well, the opposite thought of Steven. Kind of the opposite, yeah. So he decided that he was going to get a new gig and move. He got a gig as a digital marketer. He had a job lined up at matchben.com. Is that like a dating website? That is. Or believe. a dating website for cars, like a car salesman. Match, matching Benz, like Mercedes Benz. Match you with the, the Benz of your dreams. Oh, I was going to go to the link that I had for it, but apparently... Um, it says that that website might steal my inf- information. Huh. Uh, so maybe don't Don't go click there. on that one. What the heck? What kind of website was Travis working for? I mean, Steven. Travis? I was close. Only a few letters off. Okay. What kind of website was Steven working for? I don't know. I'm... It says that... It's supposed to be like a hot, it's a system that provides high quality videos and graphics. Okay. So it's supposed to be like a graphic designer. But, but hey, uh, we're going to steal and collect your data, send it to. Maybe let's whoever. not go there, guys. Yeah, don't go to that website. That's, that seems sketchy to me. From a CS major, probably shouldn't do that. Probably not. Might steal a few uh, credit card numbers. <laughs> Don't do that one. Don't go to matchben.com. Or maybe do if you want to risk that. But not me. Not Ma- I. Matchben? Ben. Like Bean or Ben? Ben. B-I-N. Bin. Bin. Oh my gosh, your Utah accent is showing. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's keep it American, all right, for Belgian viewers, all right? I am American. Thank <laughs> you very much. Belgium, I am sorry for my accent if you cannot understand me. Match Ben. 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 There we go. I, I thought you were saying Ben's and then Bean and then Ben. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> it's like when you thought I said lick instead of lit. Yeah, that that one that one also made sense. Yeah, it, it it didn't make sense for the context, but it did sound like you said lick. I I said lick, and I was like, you probably said lit, because why would you lick a candle? Uh, you have a candle over there. You maybe it tastes good. That's why I said lick, because I I usually lick my candles. That makes sense. Especially the ones that smell like carnival. Churros. Carnivals and churros. Yummy. Anyways, where were we before that tangent? How did we get to churros? We went from... Oh, Ben. 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 To churros. 
Okay. That was impressive. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That was real impressive. Sure. I guess. I'm impressed with our skills. Of going on unrelated tangents until we get to something completely. Churros. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a bin of churros. A bin of churros. Way to bring it back. Segway back into the story that we're supposed to be reading. Yes. So Matt's bin is actually just a bin of churros, but don't go to the website. Don't, so. Yeah, just don't go. Don't go to it. Steven decided now that he had a job lined up that he was going to move to St. George, Utah. OK, that's a little close to home for a warmer climate. I mean, I mean, we live nowhere near that. Not, not to uh, like triangulate our location. Oh uh, yeah, let's not dox our relatives, right? But we did grow up very ish close ish. Nearish ish. Ish. Double ish, triple ish. Ish to the St. George area. Mm-hmm. But Steven moved there with the job lined up at matchben.com. And he had the desire. To marry and settle down. As one does. As one does. Especially in Utah. Oh, by the way, at this point, he's in his 30s. Oh, okay. That's more acceptable. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Steven quickly lost his lined up job due to the recession at the time. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. He did not give up, though. He took any work he could get. Steven would hand out flyers or even decorate houses for the upcoming holiday season. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. By December 2009, his finances were not in a better place. No, that's not good. He was renting a very small room from Brett Bishop and his wife. However, he was now three months behind on rent. But it did seem like Brett and his wife were trying to come up with a payment plan with him. Well, that's good. So that's really good. What's really bad is Steven did not want his fan, friends or family to know about his money troubles. Right. So Steven hid all his money troubles, wanting to stand on his own two feet without any help. <sighs> on the 7th of December, Steven attended a ward Christmas dinner. Right. As as you do, as, as we did. Yes. With... Right. Uh, his church members, his uh, his fellow ward members. Let me guess. The bishop was Santa Claus. Probably. I don't mean to spoil it to you kids, but bishop's always Santa Claus. The bishop is always Santa Claus at the ward parties. Anyways, he went to this ward Christmas party. There, I have no stories about Santa Claus there, unfortunately. That's sad. But by all accounts, Steven seemed to be in good spirits by everyone who was there. And no one noticed anything off. And he even had plans to start homeschooling a friend from church in a week. This is where it goes downhill, doesn't it? This is where the S hits the fan. I wouldn't say that. No? We have a little bit. Okay. So the next day, Steven stopped up to pick up money owed to him for washing windows. $100 to be exact. Oh, nice. Making that bank. Making that bank, bank. Giving that money. Yeah. I got bills. I gotta pay. 
So I'm gonna work, work, work every day. Anyways, he got his hundred dollars, and a couple of days pass. Stephen talks on the phone with his sister before attending a church service. Sometime that same day, his father calls and lets him know that Brett, his landlord, called him up and told him that he was three months behind on rent. And That's that, a long time. Yes. And Stephen had stopped answering his landlord's calls. So he called his father, his emergency contact. Stephen was embarrassed and frustrated that his father knew about his money troubles. So he decided to hang up on him. He was grocery shopping at the time, and he just hung up on the phone. He really wanted to make it on his own. He even reportedly refused to cash a check that his grandmother had sent him previously to help him out. So he was really wanting to just make it on his own, but the world, the recession at the time. Right. Not that we had any worries at that time. Yeah, because we were kids. And we didn't understand what was happening, but... It hit him hard, and he just still wanted to be the adult and not have to ask for help. Even even adults don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Since that's, a, that's something you learn This is a big P- PSA, guys. You don't have to do anything alone. Never be so stubborn that you can't ask for help. Just like uh, Bucky said to Cap that one day in uh, First Avengers, Cap was like... Um, uh, th- thanks, thanks, but I don't need any help. And then Bucky was like, um, I know you want to do it alone, but you don't have to. It's just like that. It's just like that. You don't have to do it alone, guys. And I, I always think of that scene. It's such a beautiful scene. One of my favorites. I forgot about that scene until just barely. So thank you. You're welcome. It's very nice scene. It's because it was such an old movie. <laughs> it's, it's been forever since anyone has seen it's it. It's been so long. <laughs> but he did send a text to his father to apologize for hanging up to him the next day. That's good. But once again, he did say that he didn't need any help and he had everything under control. Steven, this is where it goes downhill. Probably. Steven got into his car and started driving. Either downhill, probably. That Sorry. night, <laughs> probably downhill at some yeah. point, Stephen got into his car and started driving either that night or early the next morning. It is known that early in the morning of the 10th, Stephen bought gas in Salt Lake City. He had already driven 300 miles from home. Whoa. Without his wife or telling his wife about anything? He's not married. Oh, I, I thought he got he, married. No, he went... To St. George, hoping to get married at one oh, point. Oh, I thought he was living with his wife, though. No, he wanted to get married. He wanted oh. to find a partner, but he has not. Okay. So Stephen refueled again at 9.45 a.m. in West Wendover, Nevada. Northern Nevada, for those who don't know. Holy cow. He then made... It's a long ways away. A long ways he then made a surprise visit to his ex-girlfriend's house oh. in Ruby Valley, Nevada, around 2 p.m. His ex was not home and did not th- know that he was coming. So he talked to her parents for a couple of hours and told them that he was going through town to visit his family in Sacramento, California. 
but he said that he probably wouldn't make the drive there because the weather was too bad. But he has no family in that area. In Sacramento. He has no family in Sacramento. What is going on? He did not see his ex. He left before she got home. At 4 p.m., he talked to his sister on the phone and did not mention any road trip to her. He refueled again at 5 p.m. and continued back to St. George. St. George. Back to St. George. Back to St. George. At least he's going back home. That kind of scared me. He made various stops along the way. At 7 p.m., he phoned his mother and discussed his finance issues, and she transferred money to his account. They talked about upcoming Christmas plans. He even planned to return home for Christmas. His mom now says he sounded upbeat and nothing seemed wrong. The phone call ended and Stephen, again, kept the road trip to himself. Okay. He arrived back home late on the 10th. He had driven over a thousand miles in a 24 hour period. That's a long time. Despite talking to several family members along the way, none of them knew about his trips. Really? He, he was just still not telling anyone about it. No one knew he was on the road. No one knows at all. And this is a man that's having finance issues. Mm-hmm. How is he affording all this gas in a recession? Right. Yeah. What? I can barely afford gas right now. Yeah, but gas is extra expensive right now. But um, I, I don't imagine gas was cheap during the recession either. That's fair. So I don't know how he's affording all this gas to mm-hmm. drive a thousand miles. Yeah. But on the 11th, just a day after his road trip, Stephen was back at work handing out flyers. So somehow he was not tired enough to get to work. But the next day, on the 12th of December... Why is it always my birthday, huh? We've done three episodes, and two of your cases had something to do with my birthday. Huh? What are you, are you, are you looking up <laughs> December 12th scary stories? Is that, is that how you're finding this stuff? You're just looking on Reddit r slash December 12th? <laughs> no. What's going on? Actually, how I found this one was on Reddit. Okay. But I looked up mysterious disappearances. And it's just a coincidence. It's always on my birthday. It's just a coincidence. I maybe, promise. Maybe my birthday is just, it's like, what's the word? It's like, um. Jinxed? Uh, jinxed? A bad omen, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> it's really close to the 13th. That's, that's true. I love those days when it's a Thursday, because then the very next day is Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th is always a good day for me. Always. I don't know why. I love Friday the 13th. It's, it's just the way, such a good feeling. The next you know? Friday the 13th is going to be January 2023. Okay. We're almost there. We're almost there. Yep, so close. So close, but so far. Very far. <laughs> but. So this is the 12th now. At 9.19 a.m., Stephen's cell phone pinged at Overton, Nevada, which is over and half an hour away from, sorry, over an hour and a half away from his home. So once again, he's on a mysterious road trip. So he left again after going to work. Sometime between getting done handing out flyers on the 11th and the 12th at 9.20 a.m., 
he left again and drove an hour and a half away from his home. That's not good. Not telling anyone about it. Wow. No one knows about any of his road trips still. So we don't know what he's doing on this road trip, but it is confirmed that around 5 p.m., Stephen stops in Mesquite, Nevada to purchase snacks and gas. We know that Stephen was back in St. George by 8 p.m. because he went to a local Kmart. That's a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kmart's no no exist no more. Wait, are there no more Kmart's at all? Not in you, not in the St. George area. There's yeah, because it, it was like run down. Some of, some of the lights were off. They were selling like costumes and like Christmas time. It, it was so weird. It's it bizarre- felt broken to me. It was completely empty. If that Kmart isn't closed, it should be. I'd be very surprised. Walmart put it out of business. What? Walmart and Target. I think Walmart and Target killed Kmart. Oh man! Uh, I don't. I mean, see I think K-Marks. it's still. I think it's still. A th- it's probably still a thing because Blockbuster took a long time before they all ran out. I think it's on a downhill trend right now, but I don't know if they're all gone. First article: uh, Kmart goes bankrupt. <laughs> Files for bankruptcy. How many Kmart's left? Twenty twenty-two. Oh dear. There is. 20 Kmart retail stores left in the United States. In the, in the entirety of the United States. Yes. So wow. Kmart is pretty much dead. It's it's like stone cold at this point. It's still rotting. <laughs> it's not good for Kmart. But uh, I guess... I wonder what happened. Why did they go down? Because Walmart and Target put them out of business. Is it just Walmart and Target just get, gives better or sells better stuff? Is Probably that... better prices yeah dang know. man that's tough for kmart i kind of feel K-Mart. bad <laughs> is this how people felt with blockbuster, blockbuster. this is like- just a massive a massive tangent how did we get on the kmart did you even mention kmart in your script yes i did <laughs> you did, I did. <laughs> now we're going into the vitality of supermarkets <laughs> what is this we're actually we're talking in this podcast we are um this is actually not about anything <laughs> just, we're actually just gonna make this into uh <laughs> store statistics <laughs> <laughs> downward episode three downward trends in the stock market all right he went to the local kmart mm-hmm. that's how we got here which only sociopaths do so at this point we know he's actually a sociopath probably because he went crazy and what is this case about again a disappearance of who of this man steven travis mulan <laughs> <laughs> Steven Coecker? Uh-huh. Okay. He went to a Kmart to purchase Christmas gifts for his niece and nephew. Mm, that was nice. Not really a sociopath. Not a sociopath move, but Kmart is a sociopath move. Sure. I think we can all agree with that. Several neighbors saw Steven returning home around 10 p.m. that night, but he left shortly after. There is a two-hour gap between shopping at Kmart and a stop at home. We have no idea where he was for these two hours. But there's a two-hour gap in between the two. Maybe he just, like, did circles in a church parking lot or something. Maybe. I don't think there's cameras in church parking lots. Yeah. 
That would do it. That would do it. Moving on. The next morning, Greg Webb, a man in his church, called Stephen at 8 a.m., asking him to take place at the church service that was going to be at 11 a.m., two hours later. Stephen explained he was in Las Vegas, but could travel back to St. George if needed. So in between his Kmart shopping spree... He went all the way to Vegas. He is back in Vegas. Where is this guy going, man? He's going up and down the, the the states like a pinball machine. Nice analogy, question mark? Yeah, he's, he's just like... Just going back and forth from <laughs> St. George to you to Nevada every well, day? Well, well he, he, went, he went to St. George, went up to Salt Lake, over to northern Nevada, down back, and then through St. George, and then back to Vegas. He's going crazy. I don't know, dude. It's it's bizarre for sure. Without telling anyone about it, that's yeah. No weird. one knows still. So also, did he go to Sacramento? Did he end up doing no, that? No, he never went to Sacramento. He just went all the way just to see his ex's parents and then just left. Yeah, pretty much. Like, what was he doing? I don't understand. I wish I could tell you. I don't have many answers. <laughs> There's not many. It's a disappearance. That's fair. So when he explained, I'd that be concerned if you had answers. i'm kidding i would be concerned too so when steven explained that he was in las vegas he said that he could travel to saint george if needed but greg said i'm actually in las vegas myself so he declined his offer and said that he could just as easily make the trip back it's so, not an easy trip back, though. So both Stephen and Greg are in Las Vegas. Wasn't it two hours before the service? Yeah. Good luck getting from Vegas to St. George in two hours. I've done it before, but then really? there's a time difference, so it jumps. So overall, it's two hours, but you lose an hour, so you wouldn't... Oh, you do lose an hour, You right? wouldn't physically be able to make it back. Yeah. You'd be late. You would be late for sure. It sounds like Greg needs to do some better planning. Mm-hmm. But then again, at 11 a.m., he received another call from a church member asking him to announce the start of the baseball ward season at the 1 p.m. church service that he was supposed to officiate. Stephen told the caller that he would not be able to officiate the church service and could not make the announcement. Then again, 15 minutes later, he got another call from a church member asking him to stand in for Greg once again. He said that he was in Las Vegas and could not attend. This is the last confirmed conversation anyone had with Steven. So is that it? Is that the end of the... No. Oh, okay. But it doesn't answer any questions. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And Steven is really close He's like really devout in his religion. Mm-hmm. He's really close to the ward and the church. So it makes sense for them to be calling him and being like, can right. you do this? Can you do this? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But every single time he says, no, I'm in Vegas. Mm-hmm. That call was at 1115. And that's the last confirmed conversation. Okay. At 1154, a home security camera captured Stephen pulling his 2003 Chevy Cavalier into a cul-de-sac in the Savannah Springs, a suburb housing for the mostly for mostly retirees in Henderson, just outside of Las Vegas. Oh my gosh! What? 
How do you find these? They're all so close to home. What is going on? Hey, I didn't know this one was so close to home <laughs> until I read it, found it on Reddit, and I read it, and I was like, Reddit, <laughs> Reddit, Reddit. <laughs> it's it's like we live in the crossfires of every paranormal experience ever. Remember the the Paranormal Activity movie? Yeah, the Paranormal Activity movie that was based in, in Henderson. Henderson. That was crazy. What? Like, I don't understand. Henderson is not that. Is it that popular? I don't feel like it's that popular enough for everyone to have their experiences here. Maybe they want it close to Las Vegas, but not in Las Vegas. Not in Las Vegas. So they're just like, oh, what's a town near Las Vegas or a city near Henderson? Easy. Easy. Freaking crazy. Pick another place. I don't want to get haunted by demons. All I'm right. sorry. I really didn't know that this was so close to home until I started researching it. And I didn't know it was the near your birthday until yeah. I researched it. And I was like, eh, why I is can't it so perfect? Now. Yeah. It's just bizarre. I was going to do a Belgium haunted house Ooh. because we had our first Belgium listener. Mm. But then we got a bunch of different listeners from yeah. different countries. And I couldn't pick a Belgium haunted house because there yeah. wasn't a lot of like history behind a lot of them. Mm. So it would be like I would have to cover a bunch of them, which I might still. Yeah. But might. this one seemed more gripping. Yeah. Okay. So he parked in the housing community for mostly retirees. At 12, six minutes after parking, Stephen left his car and walked in the opposite direction of where he parked. He was holding a yellow manila envelope. He was seen on another home camera in the evening lights street walking north and crossing the street. He was alone and didn't seem disoriented. On December 17th, four days after he walked away from his car, the homeowners association in the area made a note of an abandoned vehicle. The flyers from his work were visible, so they called the number. Stephen's boss first received the news that the car had been found and contacted the Coecker family to let them know. The car itself had no issues. There's plenty of fuel. It contained food, toiletries, bedding, the leftover flyers, job applications, and the Christmas gifts he had picked up the night before. Mm-hmm. So the car ran fine. There was no reason for him to abandon it on the side of the street. The coworker family reported his disappearance to the police, and they went to the area he was last seen to search themselves. They printed missing persons flyers and put them up in the area. Okay. They went to morgues, hospitals, and jails, but he was nowhere. Why morgues? Just like, case, like, just in case they find a dead body? Yeah, or? just in case they found someone dead. Yeah, that's kind of dark. It's real dark, but when your loved yeah. one's missing, you gotta figure right. it out. But I guess he wasn't at a morgue, hospital, or jail. Reportedly, there was some electronic evidence that could potentially help locate him, but it never amounted to anything. The last known sighting of him was on the camera when he walked away from his car. That's mm. the last provable sighting. Dang. Then is that just it? Is that all we have? 
there's a little bit more. Okay. That's more confusing to me. Okay, what happened? Almost five hours after he left his vehicle, his cell phone pinged off a tower near the, I can't pronounce the streets, Eraro Grande Boulevard. This is 11 miles away from where he parked his car. That's five hours later? Yeah. Dang, he walked 11 miles away from his car. Wow. Two hours later, his phone pinged again two miles away in a subdivision of Whitney Watt Ranch near Sunset Drive and Stephanie Street. Stephanie Street? Isn't that like right around here? Mm-hmm. Like, like where is it? It's like, is it in this park? No. You said Sunset Boulevard. Yes. Isn't that like in this park? No. No? No. Oh, I thought, oh, I'm thinking. <laughs> don't, don't add that. Don't add that. I but I really recognize <laughs> Stephanie Street. That's scary. Stephanie Street is a street that Target is on. Okay, that is way close. Holy cow. And Sunset is the street that um, I turn to on to get to work. Is it the same one to go to Walmart? A certain way, yes. So we essentially drive past the last location that he was pinged at. Yes. Every day. Yes. We literally drive past it. Yes. How could you find something more close to home than something like this? This was so peculiar and that is so strange terrifying to research yeah for sure now i'm like paranoid that someone's like living in our attic or something oh thank you for mentioning that (laughs) another tangent guys and i'm living (laughs) what so you know how we said we've never been in the attic right when i was on my anniversary trip I was mm-hmm. talking with Marcus, and we stopped at his mom's place on the way home. Uh-huh. And I found out that he knew there was an attic this whole time. Who? Marcus? Marcus. You know how I didn't know was until- Was an like, attic in the house? Yeah, he knew that about the attic. Yeah, I did too. But no, th- remember when I told you I didn't know about it in oh. the, like three months of living here? Oh, okay. When I found out, I told Marcus, and he's like, oh, I didn't know we haven't had an attic. Oh, he didn't know. And so he told me he didn't know. Oh. But then we were at his mom's house, and he's like, yeah, I knew we had an attic. When we first moved in, the light up there was on. What? The light in the attic was on. The light in the attic was on. What? And he's like, yeah, and I turned it off, and then I shut the door. Wait. And I was like, excuse me? You told me that you didn't know. What year was this house made? I have absolutely no idea. What year did this guy disappear? 2009. What if this house was made in 2009? Daniel, stop. And he's actually... Daniel, stop. Daniel, la, 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 Squatting <laughs> up there. Like, how, how close could you get to home and then have something that coincidental? Let me just text the landlord real quick. I'm <laughs> actually going to have to just text the landlord real quick. I, I, th- I think it was 2012, but that, that, I'm 
not for certain. No, that's know. scary. That's scary. He just disappears like like so close to our street where uh, our house was built around the same time. That would that would be scary. I don't really I don't scary. think it was 2009 though. It's that, it's worth checking though. I don't think it's 2009. But I also say that That's terrifying. to learn that when Marcus went up there, there's nothing up there. Mm-hmm. So he could have told me that. A. Mm-hmm. What a jerk. <laughs> love you. He listens to this. I love you. Love <laughs> no, you too. I make him listen to this. But when the plumbers had to come, yeah, and they fix went up it, there too. They went up there. Mm-hmm. So, like, if someone's living up there, hopefully they would have told us. <laughs> hopefully they would have said something. It's like, oh, hey, dude, I didn't realize you were. <laughs> I didn't realize they had another roommate. How much you pay for rent up here? Because <laughs> it's a text from our landlord. Do you, is there another roommate living there? The oh, yeah, plumber just said that there's another attic. person in the attic. <laughs> she was like, oh, yeah, he's been up there the whole time. He's just. What? He's my, he's my missing relative. Missing. <laughs> Jeez. No, Stephanie Street is the street that has Target on it. Pretty scary. Um, and I drive past that every day for work. Not that we're triangulating our location or anything. Yeah. But we're very close. That is scary, scaringly close. Like, I'm actually fearing for my life how close that I is. I was finishing these notes in the room last night, and I was starting to get the heebie-jeebies. The heebie-jeebies? The heebie-jeebies. Wow. So scared that you brought back that word for the first time since 2006. What are you talking about? I say that all the time. <laughs> you say that unironically? <laughs> I say that all the time. Uh, you give me the heebie-jeebies. Not oh my like gosh. You're, you're making me so scared. <laughs> Not like I'm a visco girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I'm sorry. I'm but sorry, it's guys. that's scary. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. Like, we, we, what if if we were living here and we were just a little older, we could have like like um stood on our roof and probably seen it, probably seen the man himself like walking across Boulder Highway, and just towards Target. So Daniel, um, you're gonna hate this next part. Oh, gosh. The next morning, a little after seven a.m., Stephen's voicemail was checked. Somewhere in the vicinity of US 95 and Russell Road. Oh, that's like right off the freeway, isn't it? I actually drive on Russell Road, so that's terrible. Oh, wait, is the, wait, is that the path to Walmart? Russell Road? No. No, okay, okay. I do take the Russell Road exit, though, off the freeway. Man, there's a lot of tangents in this. Holy cow. Uh, I apologize to everyone who just wants to hear the story. In the so from the vicinity of US ninety five and Russell Road, this is where his cell phone single signal 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 stayed for two days. Two days. Two days before the battery supposedly died and the signal was lost. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police canvassed the neighborhood, and no leads could be found. With no confirmed crime scene, the investigation was complicated. Yeah. Wait, so they knew where the signals were coming from, but they just couldn't find him. Yeah. And and it stayed in that same place for two days, and they, they just couldn't His find him. His phone at least stayed in that area for two days. Oh, I wonder if he, like, dropped it or, like, threw it somewhere. Yeah. And it just stayed in that position for two days. At the very least, his phone was there. Oh, that's tough. But 
get into this next part. There was no evidence of Stephen being in this area other than his phone pinging there. His phone has never been found, nor his wallet or his Never been files. found. As of today... So it was sitting there for two days, never found. Even Dang. today. Today, it's never been found. It's never been found. And if it has, probably no one knew the significance and threw it in the trash or sold it or just mm-hmm. ignored it, and it's there. Yeah. By Christmas, all the news outlets in Salt Lake City... And Las Vegas both had stories about Stephen's disappearance as broadcasted. Volunteers were sent out searching. There were all trained vehicles looking for him. Helicopters and sniffer dogs were all sent out. Months and years passed with no change, no evidence. Despite efforts of multiple, multiple searches being launched, Stephen's information even being printed on milk cartons he still has never been found. This, this this December will mark the 13th year of his disappearance. Lucky number 13. He disappeared on the 13th day of December 2009. And this year will mark 13 years with no closure for his friends and family. There are theories of what may have happened to him. Some think he could have just ran off to start a new life. Get out of debt. But everyone that knew him would say that he had strong ties to his family and church, and that doesn't make sense. His family doesn't and didn't believe he would walk away for so long without attempting to contact them. I think there were there must have been like some sort of underlying health issues, you know, especially if he was seen leaving the, uh, you, you know, how he said that he was going back and forth between different cities. There, yeah, there. Looking for a job in that area. Yeah, but going there and then going all the way back to Utah and then going to the ex's house. I mean, I guess looking for a job, just like dropping by an ex's house, you know, I guess that would make sense. But I'm just thinking of um, past cases that I've seen. And there's always like an underlying health issue, Um, kind of like Alzheimer's. I'm not sure what it's exactly called. But there's a case where this guy was, he was perfectly normal. And then all of a sudden, something just cracked. And um, his mental disorder started showing up. And he started behaving complete, completely erotically. Yeah, anything can make you do, like, head injury, any sort of head injury can bonk your wires a certain way and right. change your brain chemistry. So that, that's just my initial um, thing that I'm thinking yeah, it might be. that's fair. A lot of... The friends and family say that they didn't notice any change in him is the main thing. And not only was family really important to him, his bishop had a job lined up for him in January. So it wouldn't make sense to want to disappear. Yeah, especially like looking for a job. Yeah, when you're looking for a job. If you have a job that's actually going to guarantee, like a guaranteed job. Steven's passport, laptop, cell phone charger, and clothing were left at home, along with perishable foods in the fridge. This all suggests to investigators and his family that he was planning on returning from his road trip. Another theory is that Steven's disappearance is connected to the disappearance of Susan Powell, who went, me- who went missing a week before Steven disappeared. 
This theory, however, was debunked when no evidence was found that they knew each other. Their la- and that their last no- locations were 400 miles apart. Another theory of what could have happened to Stephen is that of suicide. Now, it's never possible to know what someone's thinking of or thinking mm-hmm. about. And right. never impossible to know if that's actually what happened. His body was never found if he mm-hmm. committed suicide, which is unlikely. Yeah. And he did have his financial hardships, which caused depression. So it could be plausible. But with the support from his family, not many people believe that this could be the actual case. Right. And then the police actually read journal entries that he had written a little bit before he went missing and found no signs of suicidal tendencies. He seemed, in the journal entries, he seemed to have a positive positive attitude and was focused on what the future would bring in the journals he wrote that he was going to homeschool a friend and mentioned that he was planning on visiting family for christmas it also mentioned the job opportunity started in january uh he must have been under a lot of stress with the that's, rent and then the recession that's all and I not finding a job like maybe he's like oh i know I know I'm going to start this job in a right. month, but I need money now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go over and do things and try to make any money I can. And to the point of why was he driving around so much? Yeah. Much, there is a theory for that. What is that? I will get to that right now, actually. So another theory is that he met with foul play in some way. The co-worker family hired a private investigator to, and he concluded that Stephen had been murdered. And he had at least two persons of interest, but the police have never named anyone as a purchase person of interest in their book. So the PI said that he was murdered. Yeah. Like for sure. That's what the PI concluded, yes. That's that's kind of that's kind of like um alarming to hear that the police didn't like research into that or investigate into that further. If the PI was following him. No, the PI wasn't following him. He wasn't following him. He was just doing an investigation of his own. Mm. And he concluded that the evidence that he found points to murder or foul play. I mean, I would kind of believe that because otherwise, how would you not find? Why would you leave so much behind? Yeah. He's about to have a job. And if he did have suicidal tendencies, because we know people can hide that really well, where would he have gone? Right. And how would you have not found... not found him. Yeah, found him or anything. So the first um, suspect that the PI has is Brett Bishop, the landlord. Oh, really? What? So, as we know, Stephen was very desperate for money, and some theorize that he got sucked into drug trafficking to make quick cash. That would explain the road trips leading up to his disappearance. True. And it's reported that his landlord was involved with some bad people and had run-ins with the law, including drug possession, fraud, Grand Theft Auto, 
and the illegal possession of firearms. Oh, dang. Brett could have offered Stephen some illegal work to pay off his overdue rent. Mm-hmm. And there were 13 calls, again, 13 calls from made to Stephen from Brett between the 13th and the 16th. However, this could have been just for rent money or something more troubling. Like, right. wondering where he was in this drug trafficking scene. Right. While he's never announced as a person of interest by the police, yet again, Stephen's father thought there was enough evidence for this to be a possibility. He even had two different narcotic dogs go dogs. to Stephen's car and nothing. They didn't alert to anything. Given Stephen's deep beliefs and ties to the church, it would be really surprising for him to be turning to drug trafficking. Right. It could still happen, though. It could still happen. It's just very surprising. So a lot of people doubt that he was killed due to involvement in the drug trade. The st- stuff like that is very like under underground. Like That's it's, true. It happens right underneath our noses. Other people theorize that maybe he did agree to traffic the drugs in exchange for the rent being square. Mm-hmm. But when he left to do it, he had a change of heart and that's why he was driving back and forth because he was trying to decide what to do. Right. So some people will theorize that. Oh, and that would make sense if he was like starting a new life because he was trying to go to start a new life and that's why he abandoned his car. But then maybe after he abandoned his car, car, um, foul play happened because when you're in the drug business, you find people who can take care of your work for you exactly but it would it would make sense if he was trying to start over because then he that that would explain why he throws out his phone as well yeah i didn't think about that that's a really good theory well not a good theory it's super sad this is really sad (laughs) but it's just uh and i i hate to make theories about something so so that happened so recently it's tragic I, I, I feel very Well, we got to get it out sad. there so people, if he is out there somewhere, right. we can let him know that people care mm-hmm. and people are looking for him. And if he did have a change of heart and he was just trying to decide what to do, Brett could have gone after him for taking the drugs and not delivering it where they were supposed right. to. Mm-hmm. So that could have been foul play. Uh, despite not knowing anything about that, Brett could still know more about the disappearance than he has let on. The second person of interest that the PI pointed out is the Damago family. I think that's how you pronounce it. The PI concluded that Stephen was going door to door to search for work or to find a particular person like if he was running drugs. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently, Stephen knocked on a door of one individual and asked, do you need money? The homeowner was confused, and so am I. I'm money. I, I mean, I'm confused. <laughs> I need money, too. <laughs> I said, I am money. <laughs> oh, I said, I need money. Stephen, if you want to knock on my door and ask me if uh, I need money, that would be great, because... Yeah. Then I could have money and maybe I can help you get back to your family. 
wait, wait, wait. Did the PI say that this was a, com- a conversation that actually happened according to this family? Or Yeah, according to this family. The, the, he just knocked on a random door and was like, hey, you want money? Yeah, said, do you need money? The homeowner was confused, and then Stephen realized he was at the wrong house and left. The homeowner saw him cross the street and walk north to the second house. Like, maybe he was dropping off money for this drug trafficking. Yeah, maybe that was, like, the code word or something. Yeah. And so... Or maybe he was just trying to give away his money as, like, a thing of guilt. Like, this is guilt money. Yeah, maybe. Um, He was like, uh, if I'm not going to do this, then I'm just going to give it away. That could be it. That's a very fair possibility. He crossed the street and walked north to the second house from the corner. This house belonged to Sal DiMaggio and his wife. Their neighbors often complained about noise and constant traffic at that house. And at least one person reported unusual activity there on the actual day that Stephen vanished. Police did make numerous attempts to speak with the DiMaggios. But suspiciously, they moved away Shortly after Stephen vanished. Really? Oh, that's that's sus. That's real sus. That is 95% sure of guiltiness right there. That I am like, that is that is incredibly suspicious, sir. And then holy cow. I mean, if the DiMaggio family has a lot of traffic leaving and going from their house. Right. Could be like a drug trafficking thing. They're part of the drug trafficking. And then when when finding out that this person was being investigated, they're like, okay, well, we, we can't be investigated. And if this guy has a lot of action and everyone knew that he was at our house, we got to go. Yeah. Because we don't want to get caught up in this investigation. Yeah, or maybe it was like a murder thing. Maybe that, a murder too. thing, that too. It could be either one. Maybe right. they're like, oh, the police is hot in this area. Mm-hmm. We got to move our stuff away. Mm-hmm. Um, the police did catch up with the DiMaggio's, the DiMaggio's son, but he denied any knowledge of what happened to Steven. Mm. It is possible that the family did have a hand in Steven's disappearance. And the documents show, the police documents show that that they were the focus of an event of the investigation. However... Just like we saw with Brett Bishop, the landlord, the police never named them as persons of interest. So another theory is that if he was going door-to-door looking for work, whether it was... Oh, sorry. If he was going door-to-door, whether it was to find work or some theories state that he could have taken a job repoing or serving papers of some kind, like divorce or subpoenas. Mm. If this is the case, he could very well have given papers to someone that wasn't happy with what they received. And they could have mm. snapped and took it off, took it out on Stephen. This her the theory the theorist that was theorizing this states that the reason why he hasn't been found is because he could be buried in the backyard of this person. Oh, dang. So that one's hard-hitting. 
It's really sad. And then another theorist proposed a very far-fetched theory that if he was going door-to-door looking for work, he could have knocked on the door of an aging serial killer who couldn't resist this victim that had fallen in his lap. And when Stephen asked if there's any work that he could do, he invited him into his house saying, yes, there's a shelf that needs to be put up or something, Mm -hmm. killing him. This would also explain why he was never found. But despite the many theories, there has been nothing proved. And I know where I lean in this. Where is that? I definitely think he met with foul play. Yeah. I don't see... That's what I'm thinking right now. I don't see a possibility that he could be away from his family and his sister and brothers for so long and not contact them. Right. I don't see it as a possibility. That would also... The whole drug trafficking thing would also make sense um, with like... uh, Oh, I don't want your help because he doesn't want his family to um, get caught up in it. Get caught up in it, or like even like get caught up in like his finances at all because his finances are being kind of um, iffy, iffy. Well, his finances are being circulated th- through this drug money, and they're like, oh, oh yeah. where the heck did you get this from? And he didn't didn't want anyone like speculating on him or like observing him articulating where everything was coming from and well, stuff like that. That makes sense. I think that makes sense. Um, because it doesn't sound like he would. He is it insane. Does, it doesn't sound like he is someone who would just up and leave his life. Yeah, like someone who was sick or something. Because everyone that saw him said that he didn't. He wasn't acting erratically. Mm-hmm. He looked like a normal guy on the street. Right. Even the day before he disappeared, he was on the phone with church, his church mates who mm-hmm. didn't notice anything different or anything wrong. Right. I don't And and he did he did tell them where he was at like, "Hey, I'm yeah. I'm in Vegas." He's like, "Hey, I'm in Vegas. Why would you tell them that you're in Vegas if that's where you're going to go to hide?" I just wish that this guy was a bit more willing for help and that he would have actually told people while, why he was there yeah. and what he was doing. And I've always heard, if you're going to tell someone something, don't say, hey, I have something really important to tell you. I'll tell you tomorrow when I see you. Tell someone. Write it down. Do something. Have mm-hmm. some sort of paper trail of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Tell everyone what your plan is. Otherwise, people will be making conspiracy theories yeah. about your disappearance. It's just, it's really sad. And yeah. it's terrifying that someone can disappear off the street when yeah. there's so much technology out there. Like, they could ping his phone, but right. it can't find him. Yeah, that's terrifying to me. And then even, so if he did knock on someone's door... Did they drive his phone to the area mm-hmm. and throw it out the window? What did they do? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm starting to feel unsafe now. 
Oh, I'm just, Thanks a lot. I'm actually kind of feeling a little uneasy. Too. Yeah, we're going to make sure that our, our, uh, our doors, doors are, are boarded up right tonight. Maybe we should check the attic for real. Yeah, for realsies this time. Um, so, just a little PSA. In 2009, when Steven disappeared, he was 30 years old, 5 feet, 10 inches tall, and weighed 180 pounds. Steven has blonde hair and blue eyes. There's a birthmark on his ad- ab- abdomen. Ab- that one. Ab- abdomen. 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 There you go. Abdomen. <laughs> on his stomach. <laughs> he has a birthmark on his stomach and surgical scars behind his ears. He was last seen wearing a white button-down shirt, jeans, white sneakers, and a, and a hooded sweatshirt. Today, he would be 43 if he's still out there. Someone has to know something about what happened, even if they don't realize it. So look up his picture, look at his family, whatever you got to do. If you or someone you knows someone you know knows what happened to him, please contact the St. George Police Department at 435-627-4300 or the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department at 702-229-2907 or the Henderson Police Department at 702-267-5000. Someone knows something. Let's try to get this family some closure. Um, then I would like to thank just two sources that I okay, got a yeah, lot yeah, of right, stuff right. from. Uh, the True Crime Files is a blog. I love their blog so much. Shout out to them. It's a great true crime blog. I love it so much. They did a really good job compiling different article sources for this into one source of theirs. And then also the Disappeared blog did a really great job. Okay. And if you want to watch the Disappeared episode on this, I believe the Disappeared episode is called Secrets of a Sun. So if you want to watch the Disappeared episode, it's called Secrets of a Sun, and you should be able to look that up. Um, there's someone out there that has to know something, so... Yeah. Even if it's not good news, let's get a family some sort of closure, guys. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, all I got. Missing person cases are super hard, but... Yeah. They deserve to be told, too. They scare me more than anything. I'm like, I'm like, I feel unsafe. Especially with it's so close to home. (laughs) Right. Like, that was so close. That was scary close. I just, it's important to be told. His story is important to be told. Mm Mm-hmm. And if anyone is in the Las Vegas area that recognizes his story or knows what he was doing in the area... Please contact those numbers. See if we yeah. can get some closure to this family. Yeah, for sure. If you know anything. Even if it's bad news, bad news is better than no news after 13 years. Right. That's all I got. All right. And then, um, 
I'm glad that this story is actually going to end up first. <laughs> so we can decompress with your story. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be talking about our first ritual on this podcast. Let's go. Rituals uh, always got get me on edge. Like yeah, when for you were sure. Telling me the eleven mile ritual when we were driving down an eleven a mile dark road. Road eleven <laughs> miles until the destination. Uh, that was a good one. That was that was some good memories. <laughs> you can't do it on accident. If anyone's wondering, maybe we should he cover told that me one time. We could though. <laughs> I did that to scare you. It works. <laughs> it definitely worked. You, you can't do it. Well, I guess you could, but the chances are you probably won't. Probably not. Because you have to do some really weird things, and I would be concerned if you were doing those weird things on a daily basis. Don't Anyways. judge me. Huh? Don't judge me. Don't judge you? Maybe I like to do those things. Those weird things yeah. like lighting a candle in your car. and. <laughs> lighting candles on fire <laughs> while i'm driving down the road yeah it's that's daily routine that's the best way to do it really? you do it on your way to work and stuff it really is mm-hmm. if you don't have an air freshener for your car might as well just buy a candle yeah. and leave an open flame on your dashboard exactly don't actually do that because that would be really really bad yeah, maybe don't do that guys. like like what if um if if your van if your car caught on fire in any form of way, I feel like that would be especially dangerous because of like all the gasoline within your car. Oh, definitely. Like leaving something lit, and I feel like if anything just just lights on fire inside your car, I'd be terrified that the entire thing would blow up. Me too. That would not be a good thing. So yeah, don't do that. Maybe I'll have to stop that. <laughs> Yeah, may- maybe that's something you should cease? withhold from. Yeah, you you should just cease doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll have to tell Marcus that we can't light our daily candle anymore. Yep, yep. All right, you should talk to your ther- therapist about it. <laughs> <laughs> therapist, Daniel told me I couldn't have a candle in my yeah. car. <laughs> okay, so this is about... This game is called, or this ritual is called Samara's Game, or known as, or otherwise known as the Sleepover Ritual. This is something that you can do with any bathroom. You can do it camping if you really wanted to. On and accident. On accident. This is something you can completely do on accident. And you'll, you'll, see, you'll see how, because we often do things like this, um, including like spinning around in a circle and saying, join me. I do that. Is that part of your daily routine? That yeah. I don't know about? Okay. Yeah. I I'll, won't t- judge you. I'll I'll talk to my therapist about yeah, maybe that. Maybe you should. Maybe that's some like, an underlying issue of some sort in maybe. my in my mental for sure. That's that's probably something I should bring up. Just a quick shout out to the person who wrote this article. Lucia on the website, The Ghost in My Machine. They have this all written up for me, the rules of the game and how it works and everything is found on this website. I take no responsibility. All credit goes to her. Um, and thank you so much for letting me use this. Yeah, yeah and we're going to we're going to link the website in the podcast description. Yes, whenever so. we ha- 
take something fully from someone. Not take. We not use, take. <laughs> we use. use. We will always. We will wait. always cite it we'll in always, the podcast yes. description. So just look down there if you ever want to either recap on the thing or just pay credit to where credit is due. So thank you. This is where I get all my information. Lucia. Lucia. So thank you, Lucia, for this. This is all because of you. Yes. Okay, so here are the resources slash players slash everything that you need. All right. I'm listening. So you have two players. One is a principal and one is a guard. The requirements are a bathroom. Inside this bathroom must be a mirror. Um, a, a safe room within the building or area in which you are doing the ritual. So like if you're doing the ritual inside your house, uh, it would be the bathroom and then you would pick something like your bedroom as the safe room or something. Underneath my bed has and, always been my safe spot. Yeah, that, that, that's a good, good place to have it. I, I would put it there too. A tea light or a small candle matches or a lighter, obviously, to light the candle. All right. In preparations, you must oh, be... When you said matches, I thought you meant you were going to light a match on fire and just let <laughs> and it just, stand. Just, just like keep it up or stand it up on In the this countertop. this week's episode of Catching Your Car and House on Fire, <laughs> we have Daniel. <laughs> oh, man. Um, also, this, this uh, ritual does pose a fire hazard. They say it inside this article, so just uh, be aware of that. You probably shouldn't be doing this ritual. We, we should preface that right now. Um, you probably shouldn't be doing any rituals. But in the case of this, uh, if you do happen to go against our warnings. Do not sue us. Don't sue us. It's all because of you. It's all your fault. Yeah. We're just giving you the information to do it. You but it's do your what you will yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's your fault if you act on it, all right? Yeah. We won't judge you if you do, obviously. Just don't get mad at us. Yeah, m- massive disclaimer. But if you do end up doing it... Maybe let us know how it works. Yeah, let us know how it went. Send us an email at that... At, uh, what is it? Uh, I'm not impressed podcast at gmail.com. Exactly. Send us an email about the experience if you happen to do it, which you definitely shouldn't, but if you do. And if you do, we want to know. We, we would like to know how it goes. Okay, so in preparations, you need to obviously begin at night. Gather together all required players and supplies. If necessary, place the mirror inside the bathroom. Are there it's, bathrooms that don't have mirrors in them, traditionally? I, th- I think so. Like, maybe, like, New York apartments don't oh. have mirrors. Something, like, really you. small. I wouldn't do this in a New York apartment because usually they're a studio apartment. There would be no safe room. Yeah, there there would be no room at all. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> the bathroom would be the room. New Yorkans, <laughs> That's it. you cannot play this game. <laughs> New, New Yorkans are strictly abandoned. forbidden. Abandoned? <laughs> forbidden. Oh, Fra- gosh. Strictly abandoned as children. That's, that's New Yorkers, the New York slogan. You're not a true New Yorker if you weren't abandoned as a child. I think that is going to be on a t-shirt now. <laughs> you know. Um... So the mirror must be eye level, just so you can see the re- your reflection. 
um, place the candle in the bathroom, ideally next to or near the mirror. Place the matches or lighter within easy reach. If there are curtains in the bathroom, draw them. If the light is on, turn it off. Now, exit the bathroom and travel throughout the rest of the building or area in which the bathroom is located. Turn out all the remaining lights as you go, except one. This will be your safe room. Return to the bathroom. I don't bathroom. have a light underneath my bed. You don't have a light underneath your bed. That might be a problem. I'll use a flashlight. Yeah, I, I would turn on the light in the room and then also use a flashlight for Deal. under your bed. Deal. Just to further brighten and make yourself even more protected. Emphasize that protection. Samara cannot go under your bed. You are not welcome. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I just gave her a panic attack. I think you did. Okay. I'm just going to back myself into the corner real quick. Yeah. Return to the bathroom after turning off all the lights and keeping one safe room light on. Guard, position yourself just outside the bathroom door. Stand by. Do not leave your post at any time. Okay, for any there. reason. I have... Uh, in this scenario, I am now the guard. Yes, Rachel is guard. I am principal because Rachel would never want to go inside of the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know what you're about to say, but I ain't doing it. <laughs> Do not leave your post at any time for any reason. Keep your ears open and listen. I will listen be a all the way through. Goyle. A gargoyle. Yep, a gargoyle. <laughs> Guard outside the bathroom door for me, because if you don't, I'll probably die. Okay, I will not move, and I will have my ears peeked up against the door. The principal will enter the bathroom, close the door behind you, and prepare yourself. Please don't go. <laughs> You're going to be left alone. But don't worry, I'm going to be the one experiencing all the scary stuff. Oh, then I'm good. Just tell me how it goes. You'll you'll just hear it, but oh. I'll, I'll be, like, witnessing it. Okay, I'm ready for it. Using the matches or lighter. Um, by the way, what follows is for the principal. Using the matches or lighter, light the candlelight. Face the mirror. Speak aloud the words, join me. Rotate 90 degrees so that you are now facing the wall adjacent to the wall which the mirror is positioned. Speak again, join me. Turn 90 degrees a second time so now you're facing backwards towards the third wall say your words again join me 90 degrees a fourth time to the to the fourth and final wall join me now face back towards the mirror and speak aloud the words i'm ready i'm not ready i'm not the one in there but i'm not ready close your eyes Spin around gently in place. As you make your first rotation, speak her name aloud, Samara. Do not open your eyes. Spin again. As you spin, speak her name aloud, Samara. Spin, speak again, Samara. Do this a total of 13 times. Do not open your eyes. 13 is not a good number. 13 is the magic number. No. Yeah. No good number. <laughs> 13 is the magic number. 
everything good happens on 13. And we've we've mentioned 13 a lot throughout this level. The, this level. Oh. <laughs> wow, what is this? Is this a game of Donkey Kong now? What is it? <laughs> throughout this it episode? <laughs> With like the 13th uh, year of the disappearance. And 13th. December 13th. Yeah, disappeared on December 13th. Pretty crazy. And now we're talking about 13. 13 times you, you must say Samara's name. Ritual? Do you think you think that's how he disappeared? Now that's a conspiracy theory. I'm I I I that's worth believing. <laughs> I think it may just be as far-fetched as him knocking on a serial killer's door though. That's true. That's well, I feel like the serial killer thing is probably a bit more likely. Probably. <laughs> you know, our roommate this is just terrifying. But I was talking to. She looks shocked. She looks absolutely appalled and horrified, and I haven't even said anything. <laughs> so our roommate told me that recently, like as of this year, or like the year before, um, a real serial killer was arrested in this area. In the Russell Road area. No, they were not. Shut your mouth. I, I'm not joking. Shut this this is mouth. this is what Hex told me. And she said that her girlfriend um said that she saw this serial killer like amongst the public because they went to the same grocery store. And they were like, um, oh shoot. I mean, this guy did seem really weird. And it's crazy that he actually just was arrested for being a mass serial killer. It's actually crazy how common things like this are in the U.S. And it, not exactly common, but it's crazy how, how low the rarity is, especially in the U.S. I think if, I'm going to throw up. It's actually crazy, right? Okay, maybe the serial killer. So maybe that has something to do with the so disappearance. Far off. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. But I'm thinking so if you don't know this, this is an interesting fact that I've been telling some people. Um, there are more ser registered serial killers within the US than any other country by 30 times. Registered like like caught and um, arrested serial killers. I'm sorry, the way that or like known serial yeah, killers. The proven serial killers. Okay, the way that you said registered it reminded me of like the sex offender list for when like, <laughs> you have to be registered on the yeah. list and you can't live like a certain length close to children. Yeah. It reminded me of that, and I thought you were like, yeah, they just registered on the serial killer list. No, 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 so no. So everyone knows. But they <laughs> just live amongst us, and I'm like, No, what? no, no, no. They're all in prison at this point. But, like, known serial killers. Gotcha. So the second place country, I'm not sure which one it is. I think it was somewhere in Europe. Um, had around eight, 100, like, 60-something. The United States had 3,200 and something. It was like this massive number. It was actually completely out of the ballpark of any sort of conceptual, oh. conceptual 
or any sort of thought process, nobody would have thought that there were that many serial killers higher than any other country. Dang. It's so common that you'll find a serial killer one in every 100,000 people in the U.S. And I think it's you walk past six serial killers within your lifetime. And it's likely that we have both already walked past one and we don't even know. I don't like that. It's 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 a true statement. It's actually scary. Can you take that back? Can you make me not yeah, hear that? Yeah, I'll take it back. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go back in time. I'll, I'll take it back. Yep. It's gone. It's out of your it's out of your memory. What were we talking about? I'm not sure. Dang it. I guess we'll have to start this up epi- this episode over. You want to start with your story? <laughs> Welcome to the Welcome five to the, hour podcast. The five hour. It it was it was two hours, but now we're gonna talk even more the second time around. Yep. I mean, what second time around? Yeah. Wait. What second time around? Okay. Moving on. So thirteen is the magic number. Open your next. Open your eyes. Look into the mirror. What do you see? You're going to see one of two things. Number one is nothing. If I you like see that that's I like nothing too. That's what I hope you guys are experiencing right now. But if not that won't be a good thing. You see if you don't see anything, that means that ri- the ritual has failed. You can open the door. That's what I'm cheering for. They suggest that you vacate the premises until morning or forever. Or forever. <laughs> um, if you see something, it might be her. It might not be. But whatever you see, if it is more than simply your own reflection and that of the room around you, yell her name as loud as you can. Samara! Please leave! <laughs> Please leave me! Guard? Still there, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm here. You haven't left your post? No. You've been listening carefully this whole time, haven't you? I've been trying, yes. Good. When you hear the principal yell, open the bathroom door. You must do this within five seconds of the scream. Don't be late. What happens if I'm late? What happens is that the principal... So, what happens, I will get into later. Oh, no. Because I don't have a segue into that. (laughs) 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 Once the guard has opened the door, both of you run to the safe room as quickly as you can. Do not extinguish the candlelight. This is why it's a fire hazard to do this ritual. Because you leave a lit candle within the bathroom. Do you think it's more of a hazard to leave the candle in the bathroom or drive around with it in your car? Probably drive around with it in your car. Because if you like step on the brakes or turn too hard, it'll fall on the floor. If you have any trash or anything, it might light the car on fire, and then you're kind of screwed. Gosh dang it! That would not be good. Okay, I'll keep the candle off of my car. (laughs) Probably on the bathroom instead. (laughs) Remember to take your candles off of your dashboard before driving. Okay. I know you all got candles in there, but don't leave them lit, okay? That would not be okay. This is a, P- <laughs> a PSA. That, that, it's that. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. 
Once you are inside the safe room, both players must speak aloud in unison the words, you are not welcome. Say it again. We're never welcome. You are not welcome. Speak the words a third and final time. You are not welcome. Now wait. When the moment feels right, return to the bathroom to check the candle. If the candle is still lit, the banishment has succeeded. She is now gone. You may extinguish the candlelight and carry on with your life. If the candlelight has gone out on its own, be careful from here on out. She is still here. <gasps> and she, it seems, has decided to stay Absolutely no matter what. Absolutely not. This is what happens when the guard leaves the door. This is a word for the guard. It is imperative that you do not leave your post and that you open the door in time. The principal, you see, will not be able to open the door themselves. What? Not even if they put their full weight behind the attempt. She will not permit it to be open from inside the bathroom. No, but wouldn't she want to get out? She, she she wants to keep him in. Oh. Because if the guard doesn't open the, the door in time, she will take the guard. <gasps> the no, guard or the principal? She, sorry. She will take the principal. <gasps> and, and once the guard opens the door, the principal will be gone. <gasps> and whatever, wherever your friend is now, and whatever... S- fate she suffers in her hands will be on you you wouldn't want that would nope, you mm-mm. nope mm-mm. i wouldn't want any of this yeah you wouldn't want any of this <laughs> but especially that part yeah okay what, what do you think of this ritual now now you can talk about any of the stuff you wanted to bring out bring up well, by what i think of this do you want to know if i'm gonna do it Cause that's a big no, fat no. Yeah, right. I, well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> we, we're not gonna do this. Okay, good. <laughs> we good, suggest good. that nobody does this. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I give this ritual. If you were gonna do it, it reminds me of Bloody Mary a little bit. It is a lot like Bloody Mary, except this time you have like a guard, a guard. which is nice. Um, Unless he and, runs away. And like a safe room. Uh, if you do this, make sure you have a guard that you trust. To not run away. Right, yeah. But in Bloody Mary, it said that even if you summon her and you open the door, or if there was, like, a safe room, if you summon her at all, she's going to, like, kill you. That's, like, the whole thing so in Bloody Mary. So this is, like, a this safe is, guard. This is kind of safer because it gives you an opportunity to escape. Okay, guys. So if you're debating, if you're going to do Bloody Mary or Samara... Let's do Samara. Considering that these both work. Yes. With the idea that these both work, Samara is probably a better choice. Yeah. I feel like it's a safer option. As long as you have a guard that won't run away. Yeah. Don't pick an absolute. <laughs> don't pick a Rachel. To don't pick a guard. Don't don't pick a uh, a coward. All right. Don't pick any. <laughs> Don't pick anyone who is super, super um, scared and will just run away at the first sight of everything. Or you will die. So. See, I like horror. I do not want to be in a horror movie. 
Yeah. I like watching. I do not like being. Would you consider like a really scary spook alley? Not McCainy Manor, because that's not a spook that's alley. That's not a spook alley. That's a torture chamber. Yeah. We'll probably cover that on a, on a podcast episode just because of how insane it it's is. Up. It's really effed up. But would you consider going on like a really massive spook alley adventure? Oh, definitely. Yeah? Yeah. So, so you would be okay if you were a part of the horror said it is a actually secure and safe environment. Yes. Okay. I'll be a part of a horror movie, movie quotation, as long as I know it's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I have this, the barrier in my mind that uh-huh. this isn't actually happening right I, I'm going to get hurt here. Hopefully not. Hopefully I won't. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those actors in those spook alleys, they, they get real close. Especially if you go to the ones where you can sign them, sign away. Like, yeah. Not uh-huh. your right, but sign a waiver saying, yes, I consent to being pushed or... Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm kind of curious. This this is always really weird to my mind, but stuff like Field of Screams, which is a uh, um, spook alley in southern Utah that we've been to, um, where there's, like, actors with like chainsaws or something really scary. And then they chase after the group. Uh, what would happen if the group has decided to not run and just like stand there and stare at them? Probably gives up. The actor, the actor just gives up and he just He's probably very like, despondently oh, just walks away. Head bowing and just I've so never sad. The You've never been. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. It's worth going. It's a always, lot of fun. I've always wanted to go, but when we went to this, the Phil the Screams area, we went with like the church. Mm-hmm. And the young men would always want to go. Right. But the young woman. Really? None of them would want to go. And That's the, actual then the bull crap. And the leaders wouldn't let me go because no one That's would go so with That's so bull me. crap. So I, I would have just been like, maze. let the let her go with the the guys if That's she really I'm wants saying. to. That's, what That's I'm so saying. dumb. What? I, was so mad. I would have been bad too. The kitty corn maze. We should definitely consider going going there if if we're ever um, down there during Halloween time, which you are going to this weekend. <clears throat> you guys might might need to head down to Staley Farms. Time. No. No. That's unfortunate. But oh well. When was the last thing that we said pertaining to what is actually going on? So that was it. But we, I was, I was asking you if um, you had any thoughts about what you think about this podcast. Well, not this podcast, this ritual. I think this podcast is amazing, and I think everyone should share it with all their friends. <laughs> but the ritual, what, what would you rate this ritual? Ritual, um, on a scale of like one to ten. Yeah. I give it a seven. Uh, that was pretty good. I'll, think, I'll, I'll find some harder ones yeah. for sure. More hardcore ones. Definitely. And you'll be able to rate them differently. But I, I think I would for land the first there around, one, around there I too. give you a seven for your first reporting on a ritual. It was yeah. pretty good. And I got myself backed up into this corner real good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, nobody do it because there is no... Um, guarantee that the demons will actually leave, leave your home. Yeah, that's that's a a problem with all these rituals. 
There is no guarantees, no matter what the rules tell you. And sometimes in the rules, it tells you that there are no guarantees. But it tells you way too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it always ends up being at the end, doesn't it? At the it? very end. Remember, <laughs> like, there's no guarantee. So this is how you do the ritual step by step. Make sure to follow along at the very end. It's like, all right, um, no guarantee that the demon leaves. So good luck. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs> Enjoy. Good luck, with what I just Good luck with that stuff that I that turmoil I just stirred up over in that pot. I just want to create drama. <laughs> I feel like that disclaimer should be at the very beginning. Is it a disclaimer on this article at the very end as well. It is. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, it was like the candle thing. So, like, she can choose whether or not she's going to stay oh, okay. was the thing. So, it was kind of in the middle. Yeah. If you're going to go do a ritual, just maybe read it all the way through before yeah. doing it. Make sure to That's actually... our one tip. Yeah, our one tip as experienced rituals, ritualistic people. Yes. Uh-huh. Ritualistic. We do a lot of rituals for sure. Definitely every single day. In our daily routine. Daily routine. Of I'll bring that up in, in therapy. Car. Wait, what did you say? I'll bring that up in my next therapy appointment. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we do need therapy. Maybe we do. <laughs> I'm thinking I definitely do. <laughs> uh, shout out to BetterHelp. Uh, yeah, shout out to therapy. <laughs> in general. Will you uh, sponsor us? Yeah, please, please, hit, hit us up, hit us up. We'd 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 do anything for sponsorships, or I'd do anything. I don't know about Rachel. She's married. I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we we don't have we don't have to. <laughs> That's making it. No. <laughs> Uh, you can leave Maybe it Maybe you should you bring to. that up in your next therapy <laughs> <session>. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Real um, quick, I want to give a shout out to my friend Kim. She's listened to all the episodes and she gave some nice feedback and even gave some story suggestions to me. Ooh. So, shout out to Kim and thank you, Kim. our cousin Tori for listening as well, if she actually listens. And our uncles and aunts, yeah. if they're listening. Shout out to everyone in a different country and everyone in this country. Yeah, we, we've been seeing a lot of um, global. Uh, global listeners so that's really cool it makes me feel good so thank you for listening to us and yet again if you have any suggestions or anything you want to say just write a review or email us at i'm not impressed podcast at gmail.com would love to hear from you yep we, we will read all the emails so and respond mm -hmm. and respond for sure not just read <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll respond to them as well also just just a last second thing Make sure to check out this website because that's where I got all of, all my information. Yeah, from. it will be in, in the, the link in the description. Yeah, in the description. I almost called it a bio. It's gonna in be the in the bio. I'm gonna put it in the main bio. <laughs> so uh, thanks again. Uh, we'll, we'll see you. We love doing this for you guys. And yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. <laughs>